0: Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD, and I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic.
1: All right, it's mailbag time. It's our favorite time. We're doing yes. our mailbag dance.
0: <laughs> Adam do your dance. Oh, that's uh, another thing when when Carol and Shelley and I and Adam were all in Asheville, we saw Adam dance.
1: You you did not see me. I dance. did.
0: I did. No, you, you out showed of the me dance my eye.
1: No, you saw me dance like a little bit. You I didn't did. see. You didn't see full spaz out on the dance floor. <laughs> or
0: but he told dance. us he spazzed out, and then he sort of did a demo. We all just all four it, of us went to some sort of jazz club. Some sort of it was like my age group.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was not a jazz club. We'll talk about what it was okay, off okay. off okay. Well, air so that you can know. <laughs> what um, was it? It was. Listen. What happens in Asheville stays in Asheville. Okay. Okay.
0: Forget it. Forget it. Uh, okay.
1: It was a good time.
0: We had a great time.
1: Love and sex 360. It's coming back yep. this fall. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, we were. We were the four musketeers.
1: Yes. So our mailbag. So thankful to all of you that write in. Um, we got a lot. We're just going to see how many we make it through. As always, the names we give are not the names that the people that send them in.
0: Right. We keep never them anonymous. use your names.
1: So let's start with Tom. Tom found out his wife is having an emotional affair. Oh man, that is tough. Emotional affairs. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of emotional affairs lately, and mm-hmm. they are just they're just as tough as physical affairs. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, at least she, she's the distancer.
0: And she says, at least he listens to me about uh, the other man.
1: Yes. Um, and so he he asks, should I demand her to shut down the contact with the other guy, which I believe is crucial if we want to work on getting back on track. I also miss being close and feeling connected physically, hugs, kisses, making love, etc. Should I suggest we just we should just do it? Some therapists seem to suggest that having sex will make the emotional connection easier to rebuild. Okay,
0: okay. Tom, this is probably not the time to suggest we should just do it Mm-mm. because that does not sound like emotional loving connection, right? That sounds like this is to meet your needs. And what she's telling you is her needs have not been met, her needs for listening. I mean, if you suggest to her, okay, let's go away for the weekend and I'm all yours. You have my undivided attention for a weekend. I want to know you. I want to know the things that you have not been able to tell me. I want to understand you deeply. That's what you say at this moment.
1: Yeah. And he, when he says she's the distancer, she is the sexual distancer. I'm going to guess yeah, she is not the emotional distancer. She's,
0: she's the emotional pursuer. She's yeah. saying, I want to be listened to. I want emotional connection.
1: Yeah. Right? And so he, he has got to figure out how to pursue her emotionally and not just sexually. So when he says, let's just do it or... I miss the connection to the hugs, love, making love, et cetera, the physical parts of the relationship. He has got to find out a way not to pursue in that area and find a way to pursue her emotionally. Yeah. Are
0: you seeing my face? Like my yeah. wide-eyed, what is he thinking?
1: <laughs> it's like he has not
0: heard the message. He's yeah. just been hit upside the head and he's still not hearing the message of what she's desperately needing.
1: Yeah, but in she, fairness, he. she's I'm, just had an affair on him.
0: Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's he's terribly to it out. like disorienting and and Tom You know, we we know you're in utter pain right now. So, yes, get to a therapy. Um, I would say, yes, demand that she stop contact with the other guy. But I'm kind of controversial about that. But I would also ask you, rather than being controlling about that, is you need to say, what about him? How did he listen to you? You need to be open for some rough conversations
1: Mm.
0: without saying, I don't want to hear about this other guy. Because he's epitomizing some of what she's needing from you.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think he, he can ask her to shut down contact with that guy in a way that is emotional pursuit. Yes, Right. If he came to her and said, I know that we are in a rough place, but I want you and only you. And I want to figure out how to connect with you and give you, if, if he listened to you, I want to learn how to listen to you, but I don't know that I can do it. If you are still having contact with him, right. You know, it's too hard. It's too hard to hear what I need to hear when you still have contact with him.
0: Exactly. And I think that for everybody, right, an affair partner, whether it's emotional or or sexual or both, I mean, they are glittery gold compared to a tough marriage that you got to work stuff out in. But, you know, the reality is, is if you were with that person, you would hit this same sort of patch of difficulties in learning to mature And give each other what you need. So hang in there, Tom.
1: Yeah, Tom, make sure, get to a therapist, um, get to one that you connect with, you and your wife both connect with, but absolutely don't try to work that out on your own. Yeah. uh, And and we, we
0: like EFT too. We recommend EFT therapists throughout the country.
1: So next email from Brenda, just wondering if you have any specific techniques that help break the ice if you have two anxious people. We know we both want to have sex, but approaching it can be so awkward. I like the thing about one couple leaving a soft toy on the bed, for example. Um, secondly, is for the sexual distancer who's... D-
0: does this mean when my dog leaves the bone on the bed? <laughs> <that> <laughs> jumps just, up on the bed and chews yes. his bone that this is like a, a signal, for, you know? Yes. Yeah. No, you right. have, you have Maybe the, from the dog, not from my husband. Go. No,
1: but you have the the... Toy for one, uh, one (laughs) one spouse, the toy for the other spouse. The pillow
0: that says tonight, not tonight. that's right. You
1: flip it over. Um, That is sweet. But secondly, for the sexual distancer, who is Brenda, apparently, you know you're being a distancer and you know you want to let him in, but breaking through that first wall to let arousal begin, um, as you have said, often desire than follows. Like, how do I talk myself into letting it start? I feel like I want to cry when this moment arrives. Sometimes it's so silly. I want to have sex, but I can't. Oh, uh, Brenda. Brenda.
0: You're breaking my heart, girl. Well,
1: first of all, Brenda, listen to our most recent episode, the one before this, uh, about the sex game and how to change that, because yes. I think that will be helpful to you. Yes. But I, what else would you recommend Well, first her? of all,
0: I want to say, Brenda, I'm proud of you for feeling desire, for allowing yourself to feel desire that is... Contrary to maybe the messages you get from the culture that somehow or another you're bad to feel this. I'm proud of you for feeling it, for knowing you feel it. And now there's just another growth step that you get vulnerable enough to let him know that you feel it. Mm. So I, I would love for you to start with a text. You know, hey, how about tonight or... I'm thinking of you, or I want to be with you tonight. You know, bitmojis are my love language, and bitmojis (laughs) have some GP uh, what rated G kind of sexy bitmojis on it. That's like the 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 person your avatar is in a bed of roses or. Saying sexy time, Adam. <laughs> I think that's really dumb. No,
1: I don't think that. I don't think, think it's dumb. dumb. I don't think you're dumb. I think you just lo- you have an extraordinary love for <laughs> Bitmojis and I don't know what to do with it. Um, but no, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, you can, Bitmojis are great. Uh, Brenda, the other thing that we could recommend as well is there's an app, the uh, Gottman Cards. Yes. Um, this is a great tool that we introduced to our couples in Asheville um, that I think you can use. They have sp- Spicy cards, but they're mild, medium, and hot. Right? right. And you can start with the mild the mild cards and work your way up to the hot ones. There's questions that you can ask your sexy questions you can ask your partner. Um, there's th- there's games to play with them. Um, the Gottman card decks I think are great for lots of things, but they have those on there that I think would help. Kind of when she says it gets awkward, it's two anxious people. You have yes. something else that's telling you what to do, and you can kind of make a game out of it. Uh-huh. Um, and you can start small and and work your way up to. Spicier and spicier. Right. Salsa. And spicier. Oh, they're called salsa cards, right? Salsa cards. Yeah, right. they're salsa cards.
0: Madison, will you put those the link for that on our website? Madison is sitting with us, our intern. Our
1: intrepid intern. Yes. She's thank on the you. case all thank the time. Thank you
0: so much. Okay, so that would be great. Uh, please don't feel silly. It's that moment of anxiety that I think we all face as we step into the sexual self. And I think when you're first sexual, you sound young. You, you notice the switch into the sexual self, but later that becomes smoother. It becomes more congruent with who you are. So
1: hang yeah. in there. Uh, yeah, keep working on that, Brenda. And, and know that, like, if you both are anxious about it, your partner probably feeling the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so y'all, y'all both being anxious, it's something that you can start to talk about and figure out together um, can be great. All right. The last ones before the break. Tina. Just says, I'd like to hear you guys describe what safe means when you say that makes me feel safe. Um, I, I mean a lot of Being different things. Being gentle
0: and kind about bitmojis would make me feel safe.
1: Um, <laughs> you're, you're right. And I'm very sorry that I mocked you. For your love of bitmojis, but yeah. um, I I think that's a great expression of who you are, and you you, you cannot well. dig
0: your way out of this, dude. You are in too deep. <laughs> okay,
1: way well, too I'm deep. sorry. I'm sorry I bitmoji shamed you. I did not. <laughs> yeah, I did not mean exactly. to do that.
0: So uh, so what do we mean when we say I feel safe?
1: When I talk about safety, it's it's emotional safety where I have the freedom to be myself, to express myself. Um, and I'm not going to be shamed and judged mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. for that expression. Um, and where I can talk about hard things, right? I can talk about hard things in our relationship or hard feelings that I'm having, difficult feelings that I'm having. Um, and there's, and there is a, I, it, it's there's not. There's a tension. There's a tension. Listening. Yes. There's our empathy. Our partner is
0: open to hearing it. Um, yeah. Can I say one thing on our trip to Asheville? Yeah, so, come on. Adam and I drove together, and we we had had a difficulty, uh, a misunderstanding, and we had to get through it. And so we kind of talked for a little bit, got on safe ground, and then Adam sort of nudged me and said, so you want to talk about it? And I'm like, okay, okay. But what he said to me made me feel safe. And he said, Lori, I want you to know that I really want to hear you. I want to hear everything you have to say to me. I'm going to listen I want to be open to what you're saying, so that I truly understand you. And I just melted, you know. I really did feel very safe.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's the idea. Well, I'm glad that I was. I, I Yeah, you made that. me feel
0: safe That's in good. talking about you, a difficult difference and yeah. and problem that we had. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you I mean, you did the same for me. And I, I think the feeling, oftentimes, is that the other person isn't for me, mm-hmm. right? They're not in the they're not in the foxhole with me, so to speak. They're not. They don't have my back. Um, And to me, emotional safety is a knowledge and a reassurance that my partner does, that they are for Mm -hmm. me, that they believe the good in me, they're in this with me, and we're going to work through whatever difficulty there is.
0: Absolutely. Okay, that's what we mean by safe.
1: So just a quick word about our couples intensives that both me and Lori offer Oftentimes, healing in relationships, it just takes more than the average 50-minute session every week over several months of time. A couples' intensive therapy offers an alternative to that. What happens over a weekend, typically 12 to 16 hours, somewhere in there, that really helps to calm high-conflict situations, build more healthy patterns of communication, and really, it's a jumpstart to change, right, Lori? Like Absolutely. It can be something that can really Catapult you into change a little bit quicker than the average once a week type of therapy situation.
0: I think so. And people ask me, what does it look like? What do you do? And usually for me, I do a three day itinerary. The first day is basically coming to, why did they come at this point in their relationship? What is their current functioning? And then often maybe that's a Friday night, Saturday morning, we start talking about what is the dynamic? Where's the toxic cycle? and then we look at their family of origin, and I would say by Saturday afternoon, that's the time that we start to really dig into how do you stop the toxic cycle, and maybe if the problem is over sexual difficulties, there's an assignment and a discussion about what that will be, and they usually complete that assignment in their hotel room all by themselves. You know, we don't do any of that, you know, supervision of that, but we then the next morning debrief that, and talk about, you know, how the assignment went. There is often time at this point because of the amount of hours that we've spent together to perhaps process one trauma from the past as well. So, you know, it's a really intensive way of working. It's my favorite way to work. And, you know, I'm reducing kind of my weekly caseload at this point. So this is where I'm directing my efforts in clinical work.
1: Right. You also get a post-intensive action plan to take home with you to follow up. We plan how you can continue this work for you. But we'd be happy to talk to you more about if you feel like an intensive is right for you, whether it'd be good to work with me or with Lori. So give us an email at info at com. Okay, we're back
0: and we have an email from Claire. And she tells us that her husband has had a long-term female friend, that this woman was even in their wedding and is the godmother of their first child. She feels that her husband confided in this woman about uh, something and that the woman actually came back and bashed her, the Mm. the writer, and did not support her. And and the friend said that she was being selfish and that the husband— I guess she read their text to each other. That the husband didn't defend her, and she also read in these messages that they had some intimate discussion. That they discussed each other's genitals. But the husband swears that he and the other woman are not intimate. What do you think? And what can she do?
1: Man, I, I think this is um, this is a tough tough situation. And I think we we sometimes go back and forth on the the friend issue. Um, the opposite sex friend issue right, and heterosexual mm-hmm. relationships, and I think the the difficulty here is that there is an intimacy between them. Clearly, there is an in, there is an emotional. I would say intimacy it is intimate. I yeah, mean,
0: he crossed a line talking about genitals. That's that'd be way over the line.
1: Well, I was even thinking that before that, that this friendship sounds deep and and emotionally invested. That's mm-hmm. been there, and I'm I don't know that I'm always against. The, these platonic relationships, mm-hmm. but I think they're difficult to navigate. They are minimum. difficult. Yeah, right.
0: there has to be great boundaries, and and I think the partner has to be involved in it.
1: Yeah,
0: right. I mean, it it's one thing to meet your best guy friend for lunch; it's another thing to meet him for dinner, probably.
1: Yeah, and the the the, the topics that you text about in committed relationships, especially after marriage, seem to me to have to change. Right? Yeah. What may have been an okay conversation as a single person probably become different when I'm in a committed relationship. And to me, this, a standard thing is don't bash your spouse to other people. Right, Talk about yourself. Talk about the, tra- the challenges that you're having. Get advice in those kind of ways. But don't bash your spouse in front of other people.
0: And I would say a true friend, right, stands for our commitments, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. They're standing for that part of ourselves as well. I mean, I've said this before, but I have two girlfriends. One of them will bash my husband in a heartbeat and the other won't. And so it depends on what I want. You know, if I want some good sense knocked into me, (laughs) I call the girlfriend who truly, you know, stands for me. And if I you know am feeling pitiful maybe i'll call my girlfriend who you know will say it's you know you're right he's all wrong Mm -hmm. but i think in this case the intimacy has gone into a sexual intimacy because they've discussed something uh each other's genitals or something it's to me it is already over the line and Mm -hmm. so she needs to confront that and say you know we need to handle this. I mean, I think it would be a really big person who would say, you know, you can still stay in contact with this woman. I know she's an old friend and a deep friend. I mean, it's possible, I think that possible, barely possible, that they could bring that captive to the marriage is kind of how I think about it, that they can open it up. They all talk about it and say, you know, this this is not supporting us, you know, and from here on out, You know, either we all three get together and and I think that that would be very difficult for me, you know, to have a a relationship or allow my partner to have a relationship that had crossed that line. I think I'd be like zip.
1: I think you're gone. I think you want to have friendships that support your relationship. Mm -hmm. especially when you're married. I think you want friendships that encourage and build up that relationship, encourage you to go back to your partner and connect, even when you're frustrated um, with something that's going on there. Um, Because otherwise then it's a, it's a pull away from the relationship. Mm -hmm. And in this case, even, I mean, I I tend to agree with you that it's, it's crossed over into physical intimacy when they are texting about genitals. But I also think for Claire, it's not okay And if it's not okay for her, then she gets to set that boundary and say, we need to talk about this because this is not okay.
0: Yeah. And also he kept it secret. I mean, this is not something he said, hey, my girlfriend just came on to me. I want to show you this. We got to deal with this. This is how I'm going to deal with it. Back to her. I'm going to tell her, you know, I'm married and this kind of talk needs to stop. And I think that you need to become very more deeply involved with the two of us. Let's invite her to dinner where We stand together as a married couple, so she's very clear about where my heart is. You know, that kind of uh, response might allow this woman to still retain the friendship, but he kept it secret. I mean, there's – I'm sorry, Claire. Um, I think you need to confront this, you know, and really deal with it. Get into therapy if you need to, but I think this is over the line.
1: All right, so – and then we get one from Kylie. Kylie says her and her husband disagree on their boundaries for porn – um, after 29 years of marriage, that's a long time to be married. Married, congratulations on 29 years. Um, she finds out that he has looked at porn. She finds this to be a huge turnoff, and her husband says it isn't often, and and it actually increases his desire for her. She feels like it increases his desire for sex, and she um, just happens to be his outlet. Um, that is a hard feeling. Um, and one, it's frequent um, thing that comes up. Um, she feels she, she cannot give. Herself to him, knowing that she isn't the object of his desire.
0: The only object. The only
1: object of his desire. How can I change my view? Or she's asking, how can I change my viewpoint to accept this when it goes against what I have believed and expected for my marriage for my whole life? It's a huge shift and change. right? It's
0: also a, a huge revelation at 29 years. Absolutely. Painful. Can you shed any light, though, on you know, what your male patients tell you about their use of porn and how potentially it doesn't diminish their desire for their partner.
1: Yeah. I, I think it, that's a difficult thing to see from the outside. I don't think it does. I'm not a, I'm not a huge uh, in favor of porn use. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you make this discovery, it's not necessarily that his desire for his partner has changed Right, mm-hmm. it's that his his libido is so high, his desire for connection is so high that porn becomes a substitute mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes it becomes something that is it's pseudo connection, but it's it's at least some kind of connection, mm-hmm. right? And so it's it has less to do with the person in the in the video, right? Mm-hmm. It has it, it has less to do with the porn star and more about an outlet for connection that it, maybe he feels like he's not getting in his primary relationship. Or
0: or maybe just an outlet for excitement. Sure. You know, I mean, I think 29 years, maybe you're, you know, in it and paying for kids to go to college and, you know, you've got your nose to the grindstone. And I think some men use this for excitement in their day, not necessarily in any kind of thinking about wanting to switch sexual partners or even a comparative way. Like, she's better than you, she's sexier than you. I think it's just a, man, this hits my brain, it feels good, done, go on. I, I, I just, I feel this deep concern that after 29 years of a good marriage, that this would somehow or another derail their love for each other and their sex life for each other, and they they need to find healing because, you know, I doubt that this is necessarily a game stopper for him, in terms of that he, you know, feels that he wants out in any other way or, you know, wanted to hurt her. I I mean, I, I got to say most men I know have used porn or do use porn. I, I'm, you know, that you, it took you 29 years to know that, you know, I, I just, I know this is hard. This is a hard part of our reality, but that it is a porn saturated environment for men. And, you know, there's a lot that we need to understand about it and think about it. I'm with you that potentially it did increase his desire for sex and you feel somehow or another used. I, I would ask you, Kylie, to really think about carefully. It sounds like this is, is a man who you believe loves you. Yeah. Uh, don't let that go completely because of this issue.
1: I, and I and I hear you on that, and I agree. I don't I don't think it has to completely derail. I think if it has been secret for twenty nine years, mm-hmm. I think that's that there has been some trust broken because oh, he yeah. hasn't shared yeah. that with her. Sure. Um, and so I think he needs to take ownership of that. Um, that it's something that has not, to her knowledge, it has not been part of their relationship at mm-hmm. all. Um, and so that after that long, it does shift things, and it's shifting how she sees him. And so mm-hmm. that's part of her. She has to step toward him in all the ways that you're saying. I think he needs to step toward her by admitting what a violation this is for, in the in, of her trust, mm-hmm. right, and begin to address that part to and, rebuild somehow.
0: And to do some soul searching about what it really does mean to him so that he can communicate that, even though that's hard for her to hear. Yeah. You know, please, please get help on this, Kylie. Don't let the marriage go after 29 years. That's too important.
1: Yeah. So um, we sorry we didn't get to everybody's today, but we got to some that I think are really good. Thank you guys for trusting us with this and um, sending them in. Please keep sending them to us. Info at foreplayrst.com.
0: And we know that we don't often aren't able anymore to get back to you personally. We used to have few and far between and now we have multiple comments a day. Yeah. Uh, so we have to select ones that are like the other ones to comment on them. But Thank you. We do read them all, and we do keep you in our hearts.
1: You can now call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes.
0: Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.
1: All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.